This is the call for freedom. This is the call for your truest, most authentic self to step forward. This is the call to turn inward and face the darkness and the light that lives within. You're listening to the Divinity Unbridled Podcast, and I'm your host, Hannah Rose Childs. My mission is to awaken and inspire your truth from within. I'm bringing you real, unfiltered access to the cosmos and the underworld to the sacred union of the divine feminine and the divine masculine, and to the pathway home to the fullest parts of your soul. Get ready to go deep. Get ready to ignite your internal fire. Get ready to unleash your fullest self. It's time to step into the truth of who you are. I see you, and your soul is beaming. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the show. everyone, it's Hannah. Before we dive into this week's episode, I wanted to hop on and send my heart and soul to everyone who's listening with everything that's happening around the world right now with this pandemic and how rapidly things seem to be shifting. We're here in California and we are in shelter in place and I know many other places in the world are experiencing the same thing and there can be a lot of a lot of things coming up right now and so i just wanted to say that i i feel it all and just a reminder to give yourself some compassion and some some empathy as we navigate all of these uncharted territories together and to please reach out if you feel like you need support in any way I'm sharing quite a lot of art and meditations and other resources on Divinity Unbridled on the social media, particularly on Instagram and Facebook and on the Divinity Unbridled website as well. So check that out if you feel like you could use a little bit of guidance. I also have a very exciting announcement. My memoir came out on Friday. It's called My Divinity Unbridled, An Intimate Unveiling of One Heroine's Journey Home. And it is a beautiful flow of prose and poetry and artwork. And the book is available on Amazon worldwide. It also comes with access to my free 60-page digital journal called My Divinity Unbridled Journal, which really uh, it pairs well with the book, but you could use it without. And I will give you the link right now. It's divinityunbridled.com backslash MDU journal. And you can download that. It's, it's a four-part journal with some beautiful questions and prompts and exercises to guide you on your journey inward and to help help you come closer and more in alignment with yourself which I really feel like is what part of what we're all being asked to do right now with with being required to stay home is it's giving us this opportunity to 
to stop and to really stop and to take a breath and to honor what our own souls are calling for and what what that can lead to in terms of coming together as a collective. So I'll link all of that in the show notes and with all of that, I hope that you enjoy this episode on divine inspiration and writing. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Divinity Unbridled podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Rose Childs, and my guest today is very special to me. She is an award-winning writer and poet and is the author of Moon Mother, Moon Daughter, Myths and Rituals that Celebrate a Girl's Coming of Age, The Three Sunflowers, Mermaid Dreams, and many others. She holds a master's degree in counseling psychology as well as a teaching credential from UCSB. She is the founder of Women's Creative Network, a consulting business that leads women through their own creative and intuitive development through writing. I'm so excited to welcome my second mother, Janet Lucy. Mm. Thank you, my divine daughter. (laughs) So happy to have you here today. I'm so happy to be here. We have so many things that we can and have talked about, and uh, one thing that feels really alive and current is how you got started as a writer and Mm. it's such a huge part of your life with Mm. what you do for work and Mm. what you offer to the world and to women and Mm. I'd love to hear how that that started would you Mm. always know you wanted to be a writer Mm. did it start later (laughs) give us your backstory on all of that funny and it's one of my favorite questions and one of my favorite stories really to share because I consider myself a bit of an accidental author and found my way to writing during a time of profound loss (laughs) and um, the journey inward. And yeah, so let me let me take us back because this was, you know, about 25 years ago now. Um, I was a, a young mother <laughs> with young daughters. Um, Austin and Sarah were four and one. And at that time, um, I was on a, a quest for for healing, um, healing issues of my of my past and I had alongside with me a very very dear friend and she too was on a similar quest for healing and she died at the age the very young age of of 36 and that was how old we both were at that time and her death really was the catalyst and the call um, for my spiritual quest. Um, it really stopped me in my, in my tracks. And I, I knew at that time that um, the only way I would be able to go forward would be to go inward. And I really heard that, that call really clearly. And it, it wasn't something that I really um, knew how to do. <laughs> Um, but I, 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 I trusted my intuition and I, I decided that um, what I really needed to do was take a sabbatical from my, my teaching job. At the time I taught 
English as a second language in an international school here in Santa Barbara, which was fabulous. I loved the, the, the different cultures and the students and the interactions and um, it was really a, a full, full, full busy time in my life. Um, um, yeah, that time of marriage and motherhood and, and you know, building a career and um, yeah, I mean, my outward life was very full, and you know, the truth was, I felt I felt really empty. I was um, pretty exhausted, and you know, in part, it was it was grief, but it was more than that. I just had such a profound sense that something was missing, <laughs> and I didn't have a name for it. It was just that really strong feeling. There's something missing here that is so essential. I, I have to find that. <laughs> and, um, and so the, the first you know, guidance I really got was to create silence, stillness, and solitude. I often refer to those as the three S's. And, um, and I did that um, in part by creating a, a sabbatical. I asked for a sabbatical from my teaching job in order to, to grieve and to take that time out for soul searching. And didn't really have a model, <laughs> but I, um, I, you know, I had been a dabbling journal writer, but I didn't really have a, you know, a consistent writing practice at that time. And so around that time, I discovered the book, The Artist's Way. And as, as many know, um, Julia Cameron prescribed something called The Morning Pages. And it's the, the writing of, of three pages of longhand in the morning. <laughs> and, um, I adapted that. I adopted that practice and sort of adapted it to fit, you know, my life at the time. Um, and I would, um, I would take a journal with me um, when I would, when I would go to different places and just sit in that that silence, in that stillness, in in solitude, and and just sit quietly. Um, sometimes writing, sometimes not. And I remember the most clearly um, the day I was sitting on a cliff at the cemetery. I had gone to visit my friend there and I sat on the cliff and I looked out to the ocean and I, I, wanted, I wanted to see something. I wanted a sign, I wanted something that would answer my most profound questions. And those questions really at that time were, you know, if, if Melita died and I'm alive, why am I alive? And if I'm alive, what's my purpose? And, and I wanted to know also, you know, just sort of the bigger mystery, like who or what God is. And so I, I was sitting there looking out and I was 
I was looking for something, you know, out across the ocean, just watching the way the, the sunlight sparkled on the water. And then I heard a voice. And it was a voice, um, it was my own voice, and it had a very different resonance. It had a, I'll call it a ringtone, <laughs> a resonance of truth, unlike anything I'd ever heard. It was wise, it was gentle, it was kind, and that voice essentially started speaking to me in a way that I knew, I knew I was being guided. Um, really, I was being guided to, I was being guided to write what I was hearing and create on the pages of my journal, really a, a new vision for my life. And that's essentially what I did. So because it was so profound, this discovery, this hearing my own true voice for the first time in 36 years, and you know, really what I have come to believe and know it was the voice of my soul. It wasn't my, my mind, my ego mind. <clears throat> it wasn't, you know, the voice that, you know, of, of, of self-doubts and false beliefs. It was a really clear voice. And, um, <clears throat> and I was so inspired. I, it felt like a miracle. I felt like a miracle had just occurred. And that thing that had been missing, I knew I had, um, I had just found it had come back to me. And so it was just a very, very inspiring time. And I then really devoted myself to the practice of listening deeply inward <laughs> and writing. And um, it became my daily practice. And um, over time, my, my intended six-week sabbatical um, extended, expanded into six months. And over that period of time, I, I, had, I, I really did develop a very clear vision for my life, how I would go forward. And um, no surprise, it, it had to do with writing. And really what it was about was inspiring other women to discover their inner voice, their true voice through writing. I, I just thought, if I can do this, anyone can. I mean, this is, in a way it's simple, <laughs> and yet everything, you know, in our culture, you know, at that time, I didn't have a sense that our culture really supported that kind of a, a practice or a process. Um, but I felt so inspired to share this process with other women. And, and the vision that, that really came forth was to create a practice, to create a practice that I, I did, and I called it soul work. And um, I started to facilitate women's spiritual self-discovery groups using writing 
as the power tool because of the way free writing, um, spontaneous writing, um, unedited writing really does tap into our inner wisdom, our inner knowing, um, and our, our most authentic voice. And, and so I, I was facilitating those groups for a while with, you know, a, a fair amount of success. Um, and then it occurred to me to really name them, to really call them what I, I saw them to be, which is women's writing groups. And as soon as I changed the name or I gave them that name, women came forward and said, I want to do that. I want to do that. I mean, I really then felt like I was hearing the collective call of women to to find our voices and to to express our most authentic selves through writing. So I started that practice. I, I, I named that practice 21 years ago. Um, I named my groups women's writing groups. And so along the way, um, <laughs> this is a, you know a little bit more about myself as a writer, um, you know because I mentioned I didn't set out to to write books or to be an author, but through that process, I mean that's that's where I found really so much magic, um, and that's where ideas showed up. And that's where I received the divine inspirations um, and ideas for the books that have come to be. If I was going to just summarize it, 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 it was a process of sitting in silence, stillness, and solitude with an open journal and a, a pen. No agenda. <laughs> no agenda. <laughs> really just open literally open and um, open also in the most receptive way almost like a prayer well, I think it goes against what how our society is sort of set up that this the three S's the silence stillness mm -hmm. and solitude is sort of the opposite of everything that goes on and then when you get in that space it's like things go dark and everything opens up yeah you can you just have access to so so much when you can really drop into that place so true it's an alternate universe it is yeah, the universe it, is, yeah. it really <laughs> is the, the universe, universe beyond what our yeah. eyes and our right. minds can yeah. see and understand and and that's you know really what i've come to believe too the universe exists inside all of us yeah. you know we have access to so much universal knowledge, wisdom, um, you know, really infinite uh, wisdom when we tap into that place. And so when you're uh, facilitating the women's groups, mm -hmm. how do you help, depending on where they are in their journey, how do you help them start to access that voice? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. people could say they sit in silent stillness and mm -hmm. solitude and they don't hear anything. So how mm -hmm. do you help them maybe navigate that yeah. or understand when they hear a call that's or a, what the that's call a, is. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, it's remarkably evident. And I believe it has to do with the structure and the process 
of the writing groups. You know, these writing circles really are, I mean, they're circles, they're containers that we co-create together. And we're co-creating something that's really sacred. And, you know, it's, it, it, it's not a traditional writing sense, writing group in the sense of a critique group. You know, we're, we aren't editing. We're not editing, evaluating, or critiquing each other's writing. So that's really one of the most um, significant differences. Um, and, and so what that container is about is unconditional acceptance, respect, and support. So, you know, pretty early on, um, I, I believe that women feel safe and, and trust, really trust each other um, and, and trust themselves. And so the process, you know, that I facilitate is one in which, um, yes, we, we write together and every season I bring a theme to the, to the groups. I facilitate three groups a week. And each group is, is really, you know, um, using the same theme. And, um, and then for that theme, I, f I find and I bring different, um, different sources of inspiration could be a poem, could be an excerpt from something. Um, and from that inspiration, um, I create prompts, writing prompts. And I feel that these writing prompts, and I'm, this is the feedback I, I receive over and over, these writing prompts really are the, the great facilitators of a kind of writing that is different from you know, perhaps what a woman has experienced before. Um, and I know that this, this, this idea is, is not really original or unique anymore, that writing prompts um, are often used um, in different kinds of, of groups, workshops, retreats. I really feel like they are really significant to the process. In a, in a, you know, a writing prompt is, it's an open-ended statement. And so when a woman hears the prompt, mm -hmm. she's guided to, you know, write that on the page and then follow the dots. And, um, and so there's a, there's an open space there. And I always encourage the women, you know, approach the blank page with a spirit of curiosity. Allow the writing, um, yeah, and let the magic happen. Yeah, and you mm -hmm. you mentioned um, the beginning when you first heard your heard your voice, and I'd love for you to t describe or talk about like what what does that sound like or is it a feeling? <laughs> Was it yeah? What what is that? Cause I um, I mean, as you and I have talked about, I have a very clear way of hearing it, and I think everyone's pro probably a little bit different. But mm -hmm. I'd love to hear what is that? Yeah, that's what is that experience a, like? And, really and what was it like the first question. time? Uh -huh. What did you feel? I know you said you were inspired, but yeah, I just love to 
All right, I'm going to I'm going to share this in as much detail as possible because I believe this is yeah, this is a great question and this voice is really different from the day-to-day voice that we're typically hearing in our heads. You know, I'll just, you know, say this in contrast, I believe that um you know, the voice that's typically running through our heads has to do with not being enough, <laughs> you know, um, not being worthy, not being lovable or acceptable. I mean, it's a fear based. It's, it's a very fear based and self critical, self judging voice, and we're all so familiar with that. Um, it's the one we internalized, you know, before we even knew we were internalizing it. And so this voice has a completely different frequency. And so what does that word mean? Frequency. Um, I'm going to use words that really are more about feeling because that's it, you know, it's about sound and it's about frequency. Um, it's almost like it comes from a different sound wave, you know, and I believe that, um, you know, we have different ways of, of hearing and listening. You know, we listen to the outer world with our outer ears, um, you know, great way to take in information. Um, and this voice is one that really requires sort of the fine tuning of an inner ear. And I, I hear this voice in my left ear. <laughs> and so, you know, my simplest explanation is that I believe this voice is coming from my right brain. Mm-hmm. And, and that right brain, the right brain hemisphere is nonlinear. Right. It's multidimensional and it's really expansive and it's it's the realm where our intuition is our imagination our creativity so in part i believe that that's what the voice is the voice of intuition um it's the voice of the soul the voice of a higher self and and so again it's a different vibrational frequency and it's lighter it's really um, gentle it's kind it's clear and it's it's almost um i was going to say angelic (laughs) because i've never heard this voice say anything negative or critical yeah it's really loving it's a really unconditionally loving voice it, and I feel like it, it is the voice of, of also of divine love mm-hmm. and how do you access do you now that I mean you've obviously it's been a while since you heard it for the first time so can you just listen and you hear it or do you go into that mm-hmm. silent stillness solitude to be able to hear it <laughs> that's another great question um, You know, this voice um, is very free, and I don't have control over it. (laughs) And so I... Once you devote yourself, (laughs) I might sit in silent stillness and solitude, and I might hear it, and I might not. 
I feel like it 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 follows me and so it often finds me <laughs> and speaks to me um, in unexpected places or unexpected ways and yeah I mean over time this voice really um, has become you know an exponential source of guidance um, I mean I could tell you a wild story <laughs> um, go for it if you want to share <laughs> yeah um, and so you know but I want to say this I have um, it's, it's a relationship you know I have created a relationship with this voice and so you know my receptivity to it reinforces it you know I think it's my way of, of um, really honoring it and so I'm I'm gifted you know I'm gifted then with um, you know the the wisdom the the divine inspirations, the ideas um, that it has to offer. Um, so, would you like to hear the story? I'd love to hear the story. Okay. This is a really great story. So, <clears throat> the voice. <laughs> this was in, this was about eight years ago. And at that time, I um, I was in, an, in the midst of another life change, you know, transition, which often leads to transformation. <laughs> um, my daughters, the ones that had at one time been one in four were now, um, let's see, how old were they? They were um, 18 or 19, 18 and 21. And they um, had gone abroad. Each of them were um, had moved and were were living and traveling abroad and I literally had you know the empty nest you know um, for the first time in in all those years so it was a new kind of silence that I was living in um, it wasn't one that required you know conscious a conscious you know seeking of silence um, stillness and solitude. It was, it was just there. It was there. <laughs> Whether and, you like it or not, yeah, it's here. My empty nest was 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 that. I had recently, at that time, I had moved into this new this new home that I have been living in for these past eight years, and you know it had a pretty it has <laughs> pretty magical quality to it. Um, it sits up high. Um, on a corner and it looks out to the ocean and the horizon and that's really compelling yeah. <laughs> um, for me to sit and look out to look out at the ocean to look out at the sky um, is is a really compelling um, practice and I was I was sitting one day really just sitting and I heard a, a, a new voice and you know it was still the sound of my voice but it spoke um, to me of something I had never heard of before and it spoke with an accent that I wasn't totally familiar with and what the voice said to me was remember me 
St. Lucia. And I heard Lucia and Saint. <laughs> um, and I thought, wow, like, what does that mean? Um, I'm no saint. <laughs> um, my last name is Lucy, and I have a, a muse and a, a character that I write about a lot, um, who I call Lucy. But this Lucia um, really got my attention because of the Italian accent. And I speak Spanish, so I knew it wasn't Lucia or Lucia. Um, and I just became incredibly curious, like, what, who is she and what does that mean? And that became really a whole new quest and journey to, to discover, to find out who she is or was. And I, I found out that, you know, she, she's a, a medieval saint um, from Sicily, from Italy. Um, and, and then, you know, digging deeper and um, you know, doing more research, I, I came to know that she is really the the divine feminine, the divine feminine, an incarnation of the divine feminine of, of the goddess um, Juno Lucina, as well as other um, aspects, we'll say, of her. Um, so that voice then took me on a really unexpected journey. Um, traveling, um, it, it, what I call time traveling, um, and literally traveling, uh, because I, I knew I needed to literally travel to Italy to go and, and connect with her there, which I did a few times. Um, but it was also a really, just um, so, such an unexpected journey through my imagination and um, yeah and so I, I learned a lot through that experience about what we have access to you know in in that realm really I mean we could call it the right brain I think that might you know just give a little grounding to it <laughs> yeah because it's not grounded <laughs> Yeah, but that realm is so expansive and and so nonlinear that really there's no limit to where we can go. Yeah, it's infinite. And so I spent, you know, I spent a significant amount of time in the Italian countryside in the early 1920s, <laughs> um, learning a lot about um, the the goddesses of that time and place, um, learning a lot more about St. Lucia and the Black Madonnas. Um, and so, yeah, where that voice came from, yeah, any ideas? <laughs> um, you were meant to receive it, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It seems like you have your soul that's always mm -hmm in my experience, always accessible, whether it's through the choice of sitting and waiting for it to speak or it speaking when it wants. Yeah. But this was something something else that wanted you to discover, it sounds right. like. And, you know, and it's funny because sometimes I use the word scribe. Yeah. You know, I felt like, you know, 
I felt like, yes, I was living it. I was living it in the present time and moment. I was living, you know, into this place in the past. Um, and I was, I felt like I was also the scribe. You know, I was writing down everything I saw and experienced through these characters. Um, Cause it feels like mm-hmm. when you're in it, you're there. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just a, you're writing descriptions, like right. the time travel part, you go there. And it's, it's very sensory, yeah. sensorily rich. I mean, I, I could see, smell, hear, taste, feel everything in that environment, you know, in this old inn in the countryside. Um, it was all, you know, a lo- totally alive in my imagination. You know, and, and when I sit here and share this with you, I, I'm right in it, you right. know, as we speak. You're here and you're... I'm here and there. So it's a, you know, it's a fascinating process. Um, you know, this, this, this bridge, um, I guess I'll call it, um, you know, to a, a, the, another, another time and place yeah. through that realm. I mean, it's just... Um, fascinating and um because i i'm easily fascinated (laughs) and i really live from like fascination and curiosity like i go there (laughs) you know and so it was you know a funny thing when this voice came to me and asked me to remember this saint and then i began to construct my life around that so that I could actually go there, you know, and and even live there for a while in order to really be there. It was a, you know, a kind of a funny thing to explain, <laughs> you know, how it was that I was, um, you know, constructing my life around this foreign yet familiar accented voice that was calling me to to go literally travel and time travel yeah well and I think like what you said about when when you um, listen to the voice and you honored the voice then then it began to give you more and I think that's such an important piece because it's not linear mm-hmm. and sometimes it doesn't make sense that following it might not seem like the logical choice and that's yet so true you get to a point where you don't really have another choice because you are on the, that's what you're <laughs> devoted to but I mm-hmm. do you remember feeling I mean it all sounds very inspiring and mm. magical and do you have any other recollections of other feelings that came up when you first started hearing that just for mm. people I think sometimes it, the like if you want to say awakening journey mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. sound really amazing and it also has a lot of other components to it so I like to make sure that right. people listening don't just feel like well there's always the the challenge of the self-doubts yeah you know when we are you know when we receive you know that kind of guidance or divine inspiration something that feels like I didn't think this up you know so how do I know it's true how how do how can I believe that this is like 
what authentic or valid. <laughs> right, that I'm not just making, it's not yeah. some story that's made up. That yeah. Validity um, too. You know, and so what I'll add to that is, you know, over the years, you know, starting, you know, from where I began to share, you know, the, the beginning of the journey, I would say, you know, what has been fortified over and over is divine, my divine faith and self-trust. Yeah, and so... Yeah, I, I'll have natural doubts, of course. I, I believe that, you know, those shadows of doubt are always um, going to show up and and challenge us. Um, and and so, you know, I, I don't give them as much power anymore, right. you know. In fact, it's just a whole lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> You know, to live from the the voice of divine inspiration or whatever. Magic. Yeah, magic, mystery, you know, yeah. mystery. And and I've really, you know, learned to to trust the mystery, to embrace the mystery, you know, that that the place of the not yet known. Um, yeah, I think yeah. I think I don't remember if I share this with you, but last sometime last year when I was in a you know one of the low dark mm-hmm. places I saw you and I I was struggling and you you said there is freedom and magic in the not yet known in the dark forest mm-hmm. and for me that it was like that just opened up mm-hmm. instead of be, being so sad and afraid it was mm-hmm. like oh mm-hmm. okay so Mm-hmm. I wonder, mm-hmm. and you go mm-hmm. into that place of curiosity, mm-hmm. and so just exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about that—that mm-hmm. that helped me so much yeah. in those times of the There's, early shadow of not knowing right. that it was safe to follow the, the voice. And there's different names we can give that. You know, on the heroine's journey, I refer to it as the dark forest, which isn't as it sounds. It, it's not necessarily. Uh, a dark or scary place, um, a negative place. It's really the the place of the mystery. Right. You know, it's the place we arrive to when we really don't know what to do next or what's going to happen next, and so we surrender, and we surrender with divine faith, and um, and that's really where so much of the magic happens. And often that's the turning point, you know, in the journey if we're willing. To hang out there, you know, in the discomfort right. of the not yet known until we receive some kind of guiding light. Illumination. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the mystery, the not yet known, uncertainty. There's a there's a quote I I discovered years ago um, from Deepak Chopra, and he said. Um, trust the wisdom of uncertainty it's the field of unlimited possibility Mm. and when I heard that it reframed uncertainty it reframed that not knowing um, and really opened it up into something really expansive like wow almost like you can't wait to be there instead of afraid of 
Exactly. Yeah. And would you say Mm -hmm. that, where did, would, would you say that's where some of the inspiration for your books has come from? I'd love to talk about, you could share maybe the couple books that you yeah. have written and where did that inspiration come from? Was it from that voice or right. was it something else? Well, I love, I love talking about divine inspiration. It's, it's, it's just such a gift, you know, and I, I, I believe that, um, yeah, when we're, when we are gifted with a divine inspiration, I feel a responsibility to receive that gift and create something. And so, you know, I'll start with Moon Mother, Moon Daughter. Um, You know, that book really came out of another shared spiritual quest um, with my co-author and longtime dear friend, Terry Allison. And at the time that we received the inspiration, we were, were each the mother of two daughters. She also has a son. And our, our daughters were, were really, you know, lining up to come of age. Her daughter, Michaela, being the oldest at that time was 11, but showing signs. And we knew we were at this inevitable place. Um, that, you know, in our culture didn't feel very celebrated. (laughs) And so, you know, and again, it was that sense of something missing. You know, it was all around that same time where just, you know, I was becoming more and more aware. There's something really missing here. You know, there's a whole wisdom (laughs) that's missing. And so, you know, we, we were sitting with that. We were little, literally sitting at, um, at the beach, at, at Henry's Beach, um, under an umbrella at the restaurant there, um, talking and sharing, um, you know, our feelings about our daughters, you know, and this, this coming of age. And we had a, 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 one of those moments of divine inspiration. And, you know, there's, there's more probably to sh- that I won't share because our backgrounds really did set us up for this, you know, both of us being in the field of, of teaching and child development and psychology right. and so on. But it was really, um, this, this Moon Mother, Moon Daughter is a spiritually focused guide for mothers and daughters to explore and celebrate the journey of coming of age. So it came as a, a divine inspiration and it was to write something very spiritual. And, and then, you know, it led to research, there's always research, um, and then the discovery of all these ancient cultures and this ancient wisdom, earth-based, moon-celebrating wisdom. And so, you know, we, we knew that we had something there and that was, a whole journey in itself. Um, the three sunflowers, you know, that that divine inspiration, you know, the, again, there's usually some something that's leading up to it. You know, I'm sitting here looking at this beautiful vase of sunflowers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And, you know, remembering that the sunflower was Melita's favorite flower. And so it became very symbolic to me. Um, and I really came to see the sunflower as a symbol of the Divine Mother. And at that time, you know, the world, well, <laughs> then, <laughs> no, felt very unpredictable and very tumultuous. And it was, you know, post 9-11, um, there were, a, a, you know, a number of natural disasters occur that had occurred, um, the tsunami in the Indian Ocean, Hurricane Katrina, and the landslide in La Conchita, mm. you know, long before we had, you know, the Montecito mudslide. And I remember sitting, you know, one day, in, you know, again, another one of my lookout places, looking out over the ocean, um, and, and considering this, you know, wow, you know, children today are just really being bombarded with these really frightening images <laughs> of the world around them. And, you know, how, how, you know, how can we teach children to find peace within themselves in the midst of, you know, really um, turbulent and predictable, you know, external sort of Exactly, exactly. And, you know, it all sort of, you know, showed itself. I, then I saw these sunflowers in a garden, and I saw one that was taller than the other two, and I recognized her as the wise one, as the divine mother. And then I saw this story sort of unfold about this day and night in this garden where these, um, a series of potential disasters could happen and all the while Gloria um, the wise one is is guiding and and um, really teaching the the two younger sunflowers to find peace within themselves you know to breathe into their stalk and to feel their roots and um, I thought wow okay <laughs> I like that <laughs> I like that idea for a children's book. And so that's that was really how that inspiration came. And then through, you know, just all those wonderful synchronicities, I discovered that my dear friend and, and you know, current collaborative partner, Colleen McCarthy Evans, um, had, had just... Um, painted a watercolor of three sunflowers of course she did. <laughs> um, and sent it to me to, to show me and I just oh there they are that's exactly what they look like and so we you know then we collaborated on that book um, and also you know created a bilingual version of it in which I dedicate it to the Virgin of Guadalupe who is the Divine Mother of Mexico and um you know, has a sim similar appearance, you know, with her dark face and her golden halo-like aura. Um, I saw that likeness. So that was the three sunflowers. And I'll talk, you know, the last one I'll talk about is Mermaid Dreams. Um, and I, you know, I, I had, I, I have had a dream. I had a dream to write a book about a mermaid. And 
I was really clear that I wanted to, to create a, a mermaid of color, that I didn't want her to be stereotypically blonde and blue-eyed. And I didn't know yet um, how I was going to do that, um, but I had some ideas. And, and then, you know, once I opened to, to the process, um, you know, synchronicity again, you know, things started showing up and I was um, given some wonderful inspiration and material from, a, you know, the mother of a little girl here in Santa Barbara um, who dreamed of being a mermaid <laughs> and that's what the story's about but I I wasn't sure you know at, at, right away you know really how the story was going to unfold and so one morning I got up early uh, one of my favorite rituals is to get up um, before sunrise really to sit in the dark you know that pre-dawn darkness and and look out um, at the ocean and I sat there and um, I was you know just opening to the story and the the goddess Yamaya showed up and she is the ocean goddess she's the goddess of the ocean and um, she's from Africa and she she offered herself to the story and it all then really, um, yeah, came to light and all, all those dots connected. And I saw um, how to weave her legend then into the story of this little girl who had her, who had fears of the ocean and really wanted to, to be a mermaid and, and swim in the ocean and wanted to be able to breathe <laughs> underwater like a mermaid. <laughs> So that's the, that's how those inspirations came to be. I, I love that when you mentioned that you weren't quite sure how it was going to start because if, if it was all coming from your linear mind, you might have sort of, sort of an idea of beginning, middle, end of how you wanted the story to unfold and to kind of go into the, the mystery and follow the, the synchronicities, the breadcrumbs as they revealed themselves to you seems like it's part of the magic of following the divine inspiration it's not just handed to you and that's mm -hmm. it it's it's so true and it's really what's i i find the most fascinating the most fun <laughs> yeah to you be know. able to to witness the synchronicities yeah oh my gosh um and it's it's such a gift you know to receive those divine inspirations because honestly i feel with each of these books i couldn't have thought this up you know in the ways that I was offered the inspiration and the the clarity and the visions you know just wow yeah this is beautiful <laughs> this is a great idea you know and then I you know ask am I up to the task um, and so of course you know the self-doubt shows up and then I just you know thank it <laughs> bless it and Send carry it. on <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well and you mm -hmm. mentioned your um you like sitting in the in the darkness in the morning before the mm -hmm. sun comes up do you have a daily practice or ritual that you do consistently that you'd like to share i do um 
Yeah, you know, my rituals are often seasonal, which really literally means based on the light and the dark and the timing throughout the day. Um, but some are consistent. Um, you know, I started writing the morning pages 25 years ago, um, as I mentioned earlier. And I, I discovered that that, that was and is um, a spiritual practice. And really unlike anything else, you know, I, I have discovered since. Um, so I still am a devotee of the morning pages. Um, and, you know, I've adapted them a bit over time. I'm not um, as, um, what's the word, like strict. I'm not a very good rule follower anyway. <laughs> um, so they don't have to be three pages of longhand. But really it's about, um, it, again, about showing up and, and sitting in that stillness, silence, and solitude um, with a journal open. <laughs> and I think of it as a, a, a prayer, like a morning prayer. And I love the sunrise and I love the sunset. I feel that those are the most magical moments of the day. And those are, they are the thresholds. There's, there's a liminal, um, uh, there's something there that happens. You know, there's an ability to perceive uh, liminally <laughs> at those thresholds and so I, I really I love to get up um, before the before the sun is up and sit in the dark and wait for um, wait for the light <laughs> it's very you know it's very metaphorical yeah. um, and it's also about um, witnessing beauty <laughs> Because I don't close my eyes, you know. I, I'm an I'm eyes wide open. <laughs> I love looking outward, um, which is also another way of looking inward. Yeah. So um, I I sit with the sunrise um, most mornings each week. Um, it's a lot easier in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> um, sometimes I let that go for you know the summer, or, you know, a, a season when it's just um, a lot earlier, <laughs> not an early riser by nature. Um, and I love uh, walking at sunset. That's my, that's my, one of my end of the day rituals. I love to step out and walk into that sunrise and into that, you know, changing color and fading light and watch the clouds change and just let my mind really and spirit go free be free and that too is often a source of of divine inspiration and my i'll share one more um i i'm a stargazer and i really love to sit out uh, outside at night um, even just briefly and sit out and look into the night sky it's 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 really my the 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 way that I remind myself really that there's something so much greater yeah. something so vast and benevolent here 
available to us all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and there is so much light in the dark. Agreed. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you'd like to leave our audience mm -hmm. with um, as an offering or mm -hmm. a farewell? Hmm. Well, let's see. Thank you for asking. Maybe just coming back to the original question about writing, you know, um, there's, there's such a mystique about writing. Writing is a beautiful practice and it's really available to all of us. You know, it's not about being a good writer or a real writer. You know, often the women come into my groups um, and their first disclaimer might be, well, I'm not really a writer. Um, and, and so for me, it's, it's really just about the, the art of writing, just the, really the art of moving a pen or a pencil across the page that is writing. Yeah. And that is really the, where so much of the magic happens. Um, and what happens next, you know, is significant and it's more than enough to simply sit and move the pen or pencil across the page and allow the writing. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being here. We will link um, all of your information in the show notes, but where can people find you or mm. connect with you if they want to learn more about your women's writing group or your books mm -hmm. and other offerings that you have? Yeah, I have a website and it is Janet Lucy Inc. I N K, and I have dot com. a dot com. Okay. Yeah, and I have a full menu of offerings. I offer soul work. Um, I offer consulting, spiritual and creative consulting. Um, I facilitate, you know, these weekly writing groups. I'm always open um, to new new participants. I have a couple other podcasts on the website and my books are there and a couple other publications. Yeah, please visit. We'll, yeah, we'll link, um, we'll link the website in yeah. the show notes so people can come check out everything that you have to offer. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for joining me. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Divinity Unbridled. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to be inspired through writing, speaking, and art, please follow me at Divinity Unbridled on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok, and subscribe to my newsletter at divinityunbridled.com. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.